I'm Dan Carell, CEO of the Digital Commerce Alliance, and this is Commerce Code, a weekly digital commerce podcast for leaders in card linking, loyalty and digital marketing, mobile wallets and payments, and financial data. Thanks for joining this running conversation with leaders in the industry. And if this podcast is helpful to you, come join us at the Digital Commerce Alliance. You can learn more at www.digcomall.org. This week, Dan is digging into some data gathered from DCA members in response to questions about emerging technologies and the future of their businesses. Will artificial intelligence change digital commerce forever? How about embedded finance or the tokenization of identity? Before we get to that, we'll dig into a few of the big stories in digital commerce from the last week. First, Amazon is looking to cut costs. Will Alexa survive? Second, most people may not know what the metaverse is, but marketers plan to use it to drive sales. And third, Halloween's over and the 2022 holiday shopping season is in full force. All that's ahead. But first, a word from our sponsor, Vantage Score. Commerce Code is brought to you in part by Vantage Score. Nine of the top 10 banks and over 3,000 leading banks and fintechs use Vantage Score to predict and manage repayment risk. Learn more about the latest advances in credit scoring and how to grow your lending business by leveraging financial inclusion at VantageScore.com. Amazon is looking to cut costs and boost revenues, and voice assistant Alexa is under scrutiny, the Financial Times reports. Amazon's shares have fallen by more than 40% due to macroeconomic forces and increasing expenses. While Alexa is considered a market leader in the connected home sector, there's concern that users take advantage of only a fraction of her capabilities. Often asked to set timers or play music, Alexa is less frequently requested to make purchases, which is how Amazon's money is made. About one half of Alexa users interact with her shopping functionality. The review underway is apparently to figure out how to boost that number and get Alexa to take her owners shopping more often. How do B2C marketers plan to use the metaverse? Most are creating experiences for consumers to drive sales. According to a recent Marketing Charts article, 61% of B2C marketers are making it possible for shoppers to easily talk to brand representatives and ask for advice. 59% are creating a community experience to make it possible for prospective buyers to connect with those who've already bought. Others are offering experiences that let consumers test products, imagine they are in the store, or earn rewards or points. B2B marketers are also using the metaverse to enhance their brand experiences. 20% are already doing so, and an additional 57% plan to in the next year or two. The 2022 holiday spirit shines despite economic pressures. A key takeaway of a recent Deloitte holiday survey shows consumers are prioritizing spending on gifts and socializing. The study reveals low-income shoppers are feeling more confident and plan to spend 25% more this year than in 2021. While consumers are spending, they're purchasing fewer gifts. The result of this behavior? The shopping season will contract to 5.8 weeks versus the 6.4 weeks of the past. Stockout concerns are prompting shoppers to get a jump on the season. 
23% of holiday budgets were spent by the end of October. DCA members are, of course, talking about the layoffs and considering the talent acquisition opportunities they present. Last week, Meta announced 11,000 layoffs, piling its colossal reduction in force atop those from other high-tech household names. CNBC has a running tally of recent layoffs here. A lost job is always bad news, but finding a new job has arguably never been easier. The U.S. economy has 10.7 million open jobs, which is to say, until recently, hiring the right talent has never been harder. But as the labor market eases, talent-starved companies suddenly have a major opportunity to hire the right people, just as dark clouds roll in to darken the economic skies. This leaves executives asking a series of important questions. Should we stay committed to picking up key talent, even as we are tightening our belt in other areas? Or should we suspend some open positions until we know what's next? Should we trade up for better fit talent than we have now? More bluntly, should we reduce our own staff and then take advantage of a better labor market? Should we take the opportunity now to pull our staff back into the office? Should we hire in our geographical market or simply target the best fit talent wherever they may be? And if we do the latter, can we still bring our current staff back into the office since we're hiring new people who will always be remote? After the break, we'll turn our attention to emerging technologies and the risk and opportunities they pose to today's digital commerce businesses. Join us on December 6th in Washington, D.C. for our DCA Summit, Harnessing the Disruption, Succeeding at Digital Commerce in a Recession Economy. Come join other executives from leading financial, retail, and technology firms to assess the path to success in the face of economic challenges and disruptive new technologies. Head over to our website at digcomall.org to reserve your spot today. So for this week's Commerce Code, as we've said, we want to talk about technology disruption and in particular, a working group that we're pulling together of executives to meet this Thursday to talk about what are the technologies and market forces likely to disrupt digital commerce in the next one to three years. We're really excited about this session. It's being led by Rami Nasser, who is one of the founders and senior executives at Olive Limited, one of our Canadian members of DCA. And he's got uh, kind of a, I don't know if he'd call it a side gig, but certainly a lot of experience and expertise in leading working sessions like this, whether they're live or virtual. And the goal here is not to do a presentation, but to bring together, at this point, it seems like about 20 senior executives from around the DCA network to spend some time together on Zoom in breakout rooms and in the group, working through what are the technologies and what are the effects that those technologies are likely to have in disrupting the next several years of digital commerce. I wanted to talk a little bit on the podcast today about disruption as an idea, and then some of the work that we've done in advance in order to sort of set up that session. And in particular, we put out to the group a pretty comprehensive survey about technologies and market forces that they think are going to be important in the future of digital commerce. And I want to talk a little bit as well about the responses we got from them there. So let me start with disruption as an idea. I remember when I picked up uh, Clayton Christensen's The Innovator's Dilemma 
gosh, it would have been well over 20 years ago. And it was a revelation for a lot of reasons. In part, it was a revelation because business books are so categorically terrible in almost every way uh, and very predictable ways. And Christensen's work is both insightful and scholarly, but also uh, it's almost exciting to read. That sounds like a weird thing to say from Harvard Business School Press. But if you haven't read The Innovator's Dilemma, I uh, highly encourage it. He analyzes a bunch of different markets and he looks at things ranging from mechanical and hydraulic diggers to computers, mini computers and, and other technologies, hard drives to understand the way that markets are disrupted. And he kind of coined that term or undermined. And I want to just mention a few things. We're talking about tech disruption uh, in this episode and, and in the work that we're doing this week at DCA. And I would say uh, we're not going to be dogmatic about what exactly the definition of disruption is, for starters. But I do think it's worth remembering what Christensen created or discovered or understood about disruption that has become just foundational to the way that we talk about innovation in the marketplace. The basic model for disruption from Christensen's perspective is something that's actually cheaper, that doesn't seem that impressive, that is generally dismissed by industry leaders at the time that it's released, and then works from below to undermine um, somebody that's in, I think of it as sort of a premium position captivity. And I think we've talked about that in my world in the past. And so what are the characteristics? I'd recommend a place called ChristensenInstitute.org if you have any interest in this. And, and again, highly recommend the book. But at the Christensen Institute, they sort of list three principal characteristics of a disruptive innovation. One is an enabling technology, some kind of an invention or an innovation that makes a product affordable and accessible to a wider population, an innovative business model that targets new customers who maybe previously didn't get involved in a product or service, or low-end customers, so maybe the least profitable customers. And that's because disruptive innovations tend to expand the market and make it a lot bigger. And then the third characteristic of a disruptive innovation is a coherent value network. And so a network where suppliers, partners, distributors, etc., are each better off when the disruptive technology succeeds and prospers. Another way of saying all of that is that disruptive technologies don't tend to be high-end, top-of-market breakthrough innovations. That's usually not what's going on. They're actually an example of where somebody has figured out how to do something in a way that's simpler, more straightforward, and that vastly expands the accessibility of something. That's important, and I want to keep that in mind as I pivot from the idea of disruption to talking a little bit about the survey results that we got this week when we went out and asked senior executives around DCA, well, what do you think is likely to disrupt or upend a market that you're in? So we put out a survey a couple of weeks ago and have had quite a few responses from both the people that are participating and some that aren't and asked about a dozen questions. I just want to hit a few of them. And question number one is, 
What digital commerce sectors do you believe will be most disrupted by technological developments in the coming three years? We gave folks uh, about 10 different choices and then, of course, a write-in other option. But payments was uh, by far number one for reasons that I think are probably pretty obvious when you consider, although in fairness, a lot of these people filled out the survey before the crypto meltdown of the last week or two. But when you consider things like blockchain, et cetera, it's understandable for those and other reasons why payments would threaten to be disrupted by a simpler, highly accessible technology. But number two, interestingly, was um, loyalty and rewards. And I wanted to say a few words about that. We asked people, of course, for a bit of explanation. And so we've got a lot of verbatims in the survey from, from people with a lot of years in the industry as to why they think the things that they do. A couple of quotes I'll throw at you on loyalty and rewards. One, this person says, the speed at which loyalty and rewards have been progressing versus the speed the market's been moving has a massive delta. Few new technologies or products have been introduced recently and data is not yet perfectly clean and open yet. So there's essentially loyalty is moving slow. I, uh, I couldn't disagree. We talk to people all the time, though, who are seeing the opportunity that that creates and looking to move fast on great new things. And so that uh, suggests that we've got an interesting future ahead of us in the loyalty space. Another comment here, once open banking, open finance data makes it to market with high accuracy, we will see many new entrants build new and innovative products. And so there are some um, enabling technologies uh, that need to get into place and, and frankly, some enabling conventions and behaviors probably that need to come into place. And then we're going to see a lot of innovation there. So that's interesting. Uh, another question we ask is what technologies do you believe will most disrupt your company's business in the next three years? Far and away, artificial intelligence, machine learning came out as the number one vote there. Just a few words about that. Um, I'll say uh, I have a lot of opinions about AI and I've written about it at some length in other areas. The short of it is, I think artificial intelligence is a misnomer. I like, at least right now, uh, machine learning. And what I will say is that, you know, as with so many things, the machines in this case are really, really great at some stuff and terrible at others. The things they're great at is processing an extraordinary volume of data that any given human or group of humans simply can't process. That, frankly, looks not so different than what computers have been able to do for a very long time. I remember that the Manhattan Project, uh, the foundational technology there was human beings with calculating machines that were doing the work that now could, I'm sure, be done by somebody's Casio watch. But uh, in any event, the point of AI now, of machine learning now, is the ability to uh, process simply vast quantities of data in ways that are more sensitive to what we would regard as more human considerations or characteristics. And so that's the sense in which it feels a little bit like intelligence. I think that obviously has real implications for loyalty programs and for personalization and a lot of other applications, maybe outside of your pure payments area, uh, and perhaps within payments too, in ways that I'm not thinking about. So AI is a carryaway there, and we're gonna have a lot of conversation this week about that. Another question, and last one I'll leave us with here on this, which of the following forces do you believe will most disrupt your company's business in the next three years? And here I'm talking about forces rather than pure technologies. Number one, again, far and away, data-driven personalization. I think the, the folks that are deepest in the work that we do as an industry, the ones that are most involved in DCA, really believe that there's a future ahead of us as we work together as an ecosystem, as an industry in which transactions feel tailored and trusted and easy from the perspective of the consumer 
this image that I have in my mind is not the perfect one. It is lacking in some ways. But I have the image of living in a small town in early 20th century anywhere and walking to the store and having the kind of experience you could have there. It was limited in terms of what kinds of products were available and it had whatever social overlay it had, but it it also had people there who knew you. It was easy to transact. If there was enough trust, it may have taken place cashless on credit, essentially. And it was tailored to you because everyone knew you. And so the vision, on the one hand, this idea that in the future, everything will be tailored, trusted and easy, that that will be common, is that you could take that small town experience that I've imagined that Norman Rockwell kind of almost fantasy and scale it and make the experience of being at a large store with more or less infinite selection, a place like, uh, you know, you think of Total Wine or something like that. And having it be even more tailored to you than it is now and easy because all the barriers have kind of gone away and people, in a sense, the system knows you. And that's the idea. So could that be very disruptive, data-driven personalization at that level? Yes, I think so, especially if it became available at scale through software as a service and through low-code or no-code technologies that enable it to be available to retailers of all sizes and scales, that would be enormously disruptive. All kinds of different technologies, the tokenization of ID, software as a service, this idea of low-code or no-code technologies, all come up at length in a pretty comprehensive survey set, and I've talked about a tiny fraction of what we've got here. But I wanted to just give you a flavor of some of the things we're working on on the technology disruption front at DCA and the great conversation that's going to be led this week by Remy Nasser from Olive. Looking forward to that on Thursday. And I'll close with this. Definitely going to try and entice Remy to come on to an episode of Commerce Code in the next month or so. Just to kind of debrief and talk a little bit about what he learned, what we learned from this conversation with leaders in the sector, and what we think collectively and what he thinks, I want to know, about the future of disruption in digital commerce. Have a great week. Commerce Code is a weekly podcast bringing you conversations with executives who are leading the way in digital commerce. If you like Commerce Code, your company should join the Digital Commerce Alliance and become part of our mission of advancing trade for good through standard setting, industry networking, conferences, and best practice sharing. Check out our website at www.digcomall.org. On behalf of DCA, have a great week. 